just want to thank everyone out there who's showed their support towards the podcast. It's been absolutely amazing. And if you've got any mates out there who've uh, got a few proper true yarns and uh, or someone who you know who's a mad dog who might want to come on and spin a few to us, uh, send it through. And uh, if you do one favour for me that would be absolutely incredible, click on the proper true yarn podcast, go to your settings of that and uh, hit auto download because we all know how uh, terrible the phone service in Australia is and I hate the old episode be cut short due to um, terrible phone service. So if you get that auto downloaded, um, we'll be all good to go and there'll be no interruptions. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Did that really fucking happen? This ripper bloke called Knuckles, some call him the big knuck, spinning stories tall and true that'll make you say, holy fuck, the cities to the outback on the highway or the farm, crack a cold one with Knuckles and tell us a proper true yarn. Welcome back to the proper true yarn podcast, the show which we extract the wildest yarns and from the best fuckers around the world and uh, I like to say they're my sort of people because uh, a few wild yarns myself and... Uh, yeah, Rhino, we're we're here at Townsville. We're up here in the Ville. Yeah, uh, um, mate, oh, I understand that you did a bit of a stint up here in your life. Tell us a proper true yarn about you. You and Townsville, mate. Oh, Townsville. It was, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I suppose you could say it was uh, an eye-opening to what adult life was going to be. I suppose um, a lot of people go different ways in their own lives. Obviously, um, I always choose the hard road. Um, so yeah, uh, finished year twelve in um, back in Sad Pebble, and um, had the ultimatum to either stay there or uh, come up here and you know so, sort of seek some new opportunities. You know, didn't go to school here and whatnot. So yeah, it was uh, you know just a bigger and better place, I suppose, as a whole. So what drove you to Townsville to make that decision to come up here? Like, um, it was a uh, family family career commitments changing. So yep. uh, stepfather was uh, he was. Uh, a fisheries officer for the Department of Primary Industries. Okay. Um, you know, quite respected in the industry and then he got a transfer to the Maritime to do what he's doing now. He's very excelled in his field, a uh, very intelligent man. Um, so, yeah, he's just taken the transfer to come up here and, and same for me, mother. She's uh, she's very high up in her field as well. Um, she's actually quite high up there in Queensland Health. Okay. Um, she's a panellist and everything like that, so... Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, it was just to see these two people that are, you know, so career-driven and successful to say, hey, you stay here and just be a fucking no, but basically, or come up and you know, experience some new opportunity. I was like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll back on that. So, yeah, uh, come up here and, like, being still in your, your teenage years and, like, being headstrong as, as some people are, like my stepfather and I, like, we didn't see eye to eye and ended up um, getting kicked out of home again anyway, so... Not knowing any, you know, I've got no home bearing here. Like I've never lived here. I've been here a few months before this happened. I ended up actually living at a backpackers. Um, and it was like, not, not far from here either. Not far from here. I could, as we're, as uh, we're, we're filming here yeah, at, the, bloody at the Ville Casino, so, not far from here. Not sponsored by the Ville either. No, no, no. Shout out. We'll no, get a sponsor out. on me. Yeah. <laughs> get us some free drink cards if we don't yeah. lose them again. Please. Thank you. Late check-in. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. But, uh, yeah, so I actually spent a lot of uh, probably better half of a year overlooking the casino from this particular backpack. It was a great place to stay. Um, you know, being 17 still and, like, you know, experiencing this party culture that's, like, it's fun-driven but it's also budget-driven. And yep. what I mean by that is, like, I literally, I can never fucking touch this shit again. But hot Forex bitter from a can 
or hot white wine from a cask. That's all we drank. Oh. Hey, that's how, how we. That's how you feel the end of the night. Really? Yeah, in the San Jamaican after a few hours, but it gets you drunk. I tell you how much. Fucking it hate it does. Yeah. When it's cold, it gets you drunk. Little alone. No, 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 no. They used to get up here when you put it on ice because it fucking would would make you as drunk if it was hot. Wow. Your body processes are quicker. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, that's a whole new fucking theory I've ever heard in my whole life. I wasn't arguing with free piss. So let's Absolutely. Put it so that's, that was my introduction to that. And then, um, yeah, I was working for like fuck all at a bloody service station down here, terrible work conditions, and um, ended up, I was walking home one afternoon after graveyard shift and I pulled into this restaurant and I just got a iced coffee and the lady behind the counter said, hey, I, I know you from somewhere. I said, oh, yeah, I just fucking finished work down at this fucking service station. She goes, oh, actually, no, you're actually really lovely. I, you've got really good customer service. It's just... From that point there, I knew she was trying to poach me to work in the restaurant. I was like, oh, you know, she seems really lovely and forward. You know, I'll take your job. Done deal. Right? So he said, you start next week. I was like, fucking wrong. Okay. Stop it. Yeah. yeah. It was like me being like the loyal person. It was hard for me to sort of leave my job at the same time. Like, you know, I'm actually getting like so fucked at this other place that it's really hard for me to keep living. So I decided to go work for this restaurant. Now, I had never done customer fucking relations or anything like that, like taking people's orders and shit. And, like, as I stated, like, earlier, I have AS. If people want to look into that, it's Asperger's syndrome, right? So can I ask one question? And, and my yeah. wife and I have this debate all the time. In Australia, is Asperger's in America's Asperger's? That's, yeah, that's how they pronounce it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, America's like, they always go, and Bridie calls it, my wife calls it Asperger's, and I go, no, it's actually Asperger's. She's like, no, it's Asperger's. I said, it's Asperger's in America. America correct. In yeah. Australia, it's Asperger's. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. And, sorry. And I, I don't believe that it's actually something that's um, diagnosed anymore either because my sole belief, I don't care what the fuck they say on the internet or what other people's opinions are, my opinion is that they, it's such a broad umbrella of like diagnosis that they can't fucking put you on a pill for the single thing. That's why they don't yeah. like AS because you've got such a broad aspect of like traits that they're like, oh, we can't medicate you for all of them, so we'd rather put you in single categories to give you medication and make money. That's just my personal opinion. But no, that's probably true. But don't inbox me with weird shit, please. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> literally. And I, you know, I, I understand that, mate, and I probably, as a person that probably should be diagnosed with a lot of things in my life for the same reason that, hey, it's – um. Fuck, we can't give him enough of one category. We should probably give him a heap of lots of categories. So yeah. just leave the fucker alone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, just give me the award for most improved, all right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I'll take it every day of the week. Yeah, yeah. Exactly right. So uh, that's, uh, yeah. So coming into that, I uh, completely forgot why I brought that up. But yeah, living in the backpackers there for a while there and um, ended up going into working in the restaurant. Yep. And like, Social interactions outside of my comfort zone are like daunting for me simply because because of my ass. Yep. And um, it was really hard to get into that. But like I just like everything in my in life since I've known since I had that in about I, think, I believe I was in year five when I got told about it. I used it as a an excuse or as like a something like because I didn't really understand it. Like I was really upset about it. I used it as an excuse for everything. And it wasn't until my high school years I went, oh fuck, I can actually I can actually look up what's triggering me while I'm feeling these fucking things. That's when, like, Google started taking off. I can actually look up these things and go, oh, yeah, that's fucking true. Well, what am I going to do to work on that, you know? Instead of feeling sorry for myself, just be like, ah, you know what, I'm going to make it so hard for people to tell that I've got it 
it'll blow their fucking minds when they find out that I've got it. So yep. that's where I think I, I drew a lot of me like um, me work ethic when I started hospitality because like that's something that should be out of my comfort zone. So I ended up being head of house and, and head waiter for this restaurant for, you know, a bit over close to two years. Were you medicated at the time for aspersions or not? I've never been medicated so, in my life. And the thing is, and I believe everyone's like, uh, there's a, a pill for an ill, but I, I don't think that's the truth. I think that if you know what condition you have or, or your illness and you understand your illness, you should be able to act on your illness regardless of what you have, you know. Yeah, 100%. And, and that's a prime example. You're like, well, a doctor or a pharmacist can give me all this shit and it can fuck with my head or I can actually say, actually, this is what I have and this is what I'm going to do to make people not even fucking know that I have it. 100%. Mate, mate, that is so much respect. Well, it's such in- a double, double-edged double sword there as well too because, like, the pill for your ill, like, it's, it's fair enough if it's something that's going to help you get in line with, like, you know, get in touch with normal day things and, like, you have a bit more, like, normality. But a lot of those people that get into these positions don't ever think of the end game. What's going to happen when they want to get off it? What's going to happen when it's no longer existing? What happens when other things go wrong? Like, you can't be dependent on this thing. Exactly. So, like, there was, or, or, or what it is doing for your body or your mind exactly to right. get you within that position. Because yeah. then you become addicted to it, basically. So that's the, that's the thing I tossed up. It's like either get an ill from a pill or just let this cunt be a dill, basically. So yep. that's why I did it. Yep. So I just thought, well, you know, I'll let my quirk shine and, like, the people that hang around, the people the, the people that hang around, you know. Yep, and definitely. that's what become part of me quirky nature, I suppose. So, yeah, coming into, you know, being a waiter, that's uh, it was sort of hard for me to sort of gauge that. But it, it worked well because it sort of allowed me to gauge a lot of um, – personal approach with their customers and whatnot, you know, like I actually enjoyed socialising but I found it really hard to engage. So being forced into it to get paid, like you had to fucking live to do it, yeah. you know, I think that maybe that was the stepping barrier for me. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, that was a really good part of my life. But, um, yeah, we the, I did that for probably about 18 months, close to two years as well. But, yeah, we uh, ended up having to be shut down by quite a large uh, narcotics bust. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. <laughs> Believe it or not. Is that a uh, proper tree yarn you'd like to go <laughs> that into? Is a, is a proper tree yarn. Without going into details, like this is all stuff that's been settled and you probably look it up and I'm sure a few people you listening probably it, it, know this. It'd be all public knowledge. Yeah, it's all just, public just knowledge. Just give us a, a proper tree yarns within the public knowledge of your point of view, mate, of the whole My show. My point of view is that... Um, it As is. a waiter in a restaurant, oh. just doing your job. It's actually yeah. funny. Yeah, it's funny that because the, there are questions that are asked over the years, right, from people that have like secondhand knowledge or karma knowledge of it who ask like, oh, what weird shit did you see? What mad shit did you see? It's like you didn't you didn't actually see or experience weird shit. Like it was, it was, that was his business. That was his livelihood. That was like, that's something he had a passion in. So he just so happened to be doing it at the time that this was happening at, mm-hmm. you know. So when when you say a large narcotics bust, so, so what are we talking about? Like like a couple of pingers out of the fucking restaurant. What? what oh what? no! Like it's like kilos, kilos of Colombian marching powder. Yeah, right. Yeah. Out of the restaurant you're working on, and you didn't even know. No, no that's no fucking. Idea. That's mate. That is crazy. Yeah. And, and yeah, wow, like that fucking proper tree yarn, mate. That's fucking unbelievable. Yeah, and the and the thing is too, the most humble. I can just like down to earth bloke you'll ever meet too. Like just yep. absolutely like just just cared for everyone individually, you know, as a person too, which was like the hardest thing for you for me to accept too was that he went through this and was just such a, a beautiful person as a whole too. I believe he gave me a lot of the work ethic that I've got now. 
So you talked about the bust. At the time at the bust or whatever, what were you doing? Were you in the restaurant or you like you serving some I was, uh, fucking rum and coke? Or no, you, I was working next door actually. Oh, next door? What I was, was next door? Next, I was working next door at the pub as a dishy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trying to get some extra money. Um, yeah, right. So I was working and uh, I had people come in and go, oh, right, your fucking house is getting raided. I'm going, yeah, right, oh, fuck with it. Right, oh, mate, no worries. What do you want, rum and coke, fucking schooner of gold? And he's like, oh, mate, you're... House is being raided, mate. You've got it's like there's thirty cop cars there. I'm going, nah, righto. Walked out, and the the so the restaurant and the the pub is literally across the road from the house that I live in. Oh, so yeah. I've, I've walked out, and I'm just looking and just going, oh, what the fuck? So I've just walked straight in, beeline straight in, to see what's going on. So I've done nothing wrong. Exactly right, yeah. mate. Yeah, you just you fucking you're no working idea. the restaurant. Yeah. No idea. You fucking fucking hell. Exactly right. That would have been wild. Well, it's fucking wild. I said, what the fuck's going on here? Right, and uh, anyway, they detained me and sat me down and everything like that and they read this thing out and whatnot. Now, my good mate of mine, right, I'm going to name him. He's going to know exactly who he is, right? I'm going to say this is the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my fucking life. Right, okay. okay. Here right. we go. From so, a true yard. So we've got You've fucking, heard it live we've in got, the ville. We've got fucking, we've got, we've got detectives. We've got dogs. We've got fucking everything going around this fucking two-story house, okay, searching it high and fucking low and they come out with this evidence bag. It's a fucking clip seal bag. It's quite large and there's a lot of fuck all in it. There's one prominent thing that sticks out to me that I can see in the corner of the fucking bag. They bring out from the fucking room downstairs, right? And me fucking housemate looks at me with this fucking slight grin, just like, oh, fuck, that's not mine. I look over and there's this fucking 10-inch pink dildo (laughs) in the corner of this evidence bag. And I'm looking at it and looking at him and going, what the fuck do they want that for? (laughs) And I just look at him and I'm like, that's not mine. He's like, oh, that's not mine. And I'm like, well, there's only fucking one place that could have come from, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so whose was it? Well, it's a funny story. It was one night there I've come down off me guts down to his room and played his PlayStation while he had a female friend over and they quickly had to hide something so I didn't see what they were doing oh. um, and they forgot about it. Oh, so the fe- the fe- yeah, yeah. So it was neither of yours. It was the female yeah. friend's uh, typical, typical typical male <laughs> typical male blaming it on the woman. You know, yeah. <laughs> every t- every day of the week. I know what I saw. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, was that um, said bit of evidence used in court to? Um, oh, I don't I don't think he ever went to court for that because yeah, there was like there's. Like I said, there was like there's zero knowledge or involvement on that that front. It was yeah, just, like, yeah, just so happened you, to be. In yeah. your house that there's a fucking big pinky just yeah. hanging, hanging in tight there. It, actually, I'll tell you what, if you Google how long a Rexona can is, I'm slightly longer and that pink thing just puts me to shame, so. Holy. Yeah, okay. by fucking point two of an inch. <laughs> now, you've heard it here. Proper, heard true it yarn, PTY. <laughs> so, mate, this all happens in, in your life and, and – where do you head to from there? Like, so, so what happens from that point of time? Like, you're like, fuck, are you still living there? Is the, is the restaurant closed down? No, so I, I believe it operated for a little bit afterwards. Um, it was sort of hard for us to sort of stick around after that sort of stigma because, you know, you've got all this news coverage, you've got, um, you know, you've got lack of customers, um, this, the morale's down, chefs have left. Like, it's just like, it's a really yeah. icky thing. So I ended up actually going back to the, home nest for about uh, four months and then end up going out on my own again for the final year before actually moving to Rocky. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and I was there. For, I've been there for 10 years now. Yep, and that's and you went to Rocky to start your apprenticeship as a chippy? No, actually, I moved there for a girl. 
Oh, stop yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, you know what the funny thing is? Every woman out there listening to this, I can guarantee, sorry to put you in a category, but a lot of women who hear that go, oh, you idiot, why would you fucking, you know, give up your life for that? But I can t- guarantee every bloke listener is going, oh, that's what every fucking woman dreams of, a bloke changing their life with somebody. Yeah, you know? correct, mate. And that's I, what I thought too. Was like, and uh, like I felt what I felt at that time. I gave up my whole life and just moved everything. I don't have any family down there. They're all here. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, gave it all up for a, for a shot at love, I suppose. Yeah. Mate, I, I, I know your feeling, mate. At the time... Myself, I was, uh, yeah, I'd just finished my apprenticeship. We were doing a few things around the place and, um, yeah, a bit lost. And I uh, did the same, mate. I actually moved back to Rocky for a girl. Uh, we were living in Brizzy and uh, had an opportunity to buy a, a big house in Brizzy for 300 grand, 350. Ah. And then bought a house in Rocky for fucking 300. The fucking joint in Brizzy would be worth fucking probably 2 million now. The joint in Rocky is probably still worth 300. <laughs> what, what a wanker. 300 and, and a pack of smokes. Yeah, exactly right <laughs> down the riverbank. Like we're not, we're literally, um, yeah, so I'm feeling you. I, I, know, I know the feeling that, uh, and I think everything in life happens for a reason and, and you do what you do and I'll never ever change anything in my life because it's got me to where I am now. 100%. So situationally and the experiences you do or what happens to you, makes the person you are as you sit currently ever, I think, fuck me dead. Like I just wonder, you know, if you know, if I didn't take that cherry of that Sheila, I guess as a bloke, because I can't speak for all the female listeners, but as a bloke, I think myself, where would I would have been if, you know, in the, there's such a big what if culture in the world. Oh, 100%. And I believe a lot of people shouldn't think of uh, what if I did this. Well, what if I had that pun on that horse? Like, some, or what if I did this? Or what if I didn't go there? Or what if I didn't meet that that lady in a bar or that man or the bloke or whatever? You shouldn't have that what if culture for me. You should have that, okay, well, that was a part of my life and what have I done since then to grow as a person to be the person I am today? 100%. And 100%. that's the way of my philosophy in life and that's the way I think, well, fuck, the I've made plenty of fuck-ups and along the way and been with a lot of people or, or or taken a lot of different business deals or had a punt when I shouldn't have. Yep. But in the end, I, I'm man enough to say, well, I, fucking, I was having a go or I fucking I did it off my own back and I'll never ever blame anyone else for putting me there. Yeah, it's good. So, um, yeah, it's situationally and it, it makes the person you are today. Oh, 100%. And, and it's uh, funny that you say about all these what-if moments too because it's something that my mum derived in me from a young young age, right, and they always, if you, a lot of people will think back to those what-if moments in between the age of 20 and 30, right. She always said her 20s were the worst days of her fucking life and she always said to me, they're going to be exact same for you. So many people out there say, oh, to be 20 again, to live in my 20s and whatnot. You're always fucking broke. You're always learning hard life lessons. Your friends group are changing forever. You yeah. don't, you're learning all, you're getting all your growth from that period of time and you've got all these like decisions that you're making that you're constantly questioning for the rest of your life. That period of time from your 20s to 30s are your what if moments. And a lot of people don't realize that they're not actually your golden years, they're actually your growing years to pave you to your 30 and your 40s. So I'm saying, like, yeah, definitely. 100%. Fucking happy days. Yeah. Cheers to the 30s and yeah. the 40s and the 50s. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.